It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Down the left side comes Hurdle, looking for man in front and score! A backhand shot for the hat trick by Timo Meyer. Great pass by Tomas Hurdle and a beautiful move by Meyer driving the center lane, going to the backhand and beating Dostal. Sharks are up four to one and hats are flying on the ice. Um, I thought, you know, we didn't have a good start and then a couple of penalties in the, in the first period, you know, so not, not the start that we wanted. And then, you know, Rhymes kept us in the game with uh, with some really good saves. And then, yeah, after that, I thought we started playing with, you know, some of the young guys uh, were showing a lot of, uh, you know, good plays out there, and we were creating stuff in in the ozone. And you know, for me, I just, you know, had a couple chances, and uh, you know, it was pretty, uh, yeah, took. Uh, yeah, scored on them, you know. Uh, so, you know, I thought we, our line was, was creating stuff. But uh, overall, I think all four lines are playing well. All right. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? A little bit of action from Timo Meyer bringing us in there. As uh, Timo time was definitely in effect last night. I think, though, it is important to note that although Timo Meyer did have the uh, eruption and the hat trick and just the incredible performance, we have to look no further than what James Reimer did in the first period because the amount of huge stops he made, the fact that the Sharks were slow out of the gate, and the fact that he was just a brick wall for the majority of that first period when the Sharks really weren't playing their game, that to me is why the Sharks won because if they fall behind early by a goal or two, if they do not find themselves in the lead after Vlasic's goal, if they do not have that type of a turnaround in terms of outcome of the first period versus the period being won by the Ducks, you know, in momentum, you know, that could have been an entirely different game. And that's everything that James Reimer has been this year, right? James Reimer has been absolutely phenomenal game after game after game after game. And he keeps on just putting forth these incredible efforts. We know that he's not 100% healthy, which makes it all the more impressive because he's just going out there and having a great game in light of the pain and light of the, you know, whatever impingements there are and whatever their hindrance is in terms of his mobility, he's not letting it show. You know, he might go after the game and, you know, need an ice bath and need a massage and need, you know, a huge meal, whatever it takes to get him ready to go for the next game again. He's doing it. He's getting it right. But man, what a fantastic performance from Reimer, especially in that first period when it was all Ducks. I mean, the Sharks were overwhelmed initially, and the Ducks, to their credit on the road, that's what they're trying to do. That's a team that's in desperate mode. They haven't won for a while. We know what's going on with them. They made trades. They kind of you know, took things in a, in a different direction, what the Sharks were doing. They were bigger sellers, and I, I, under, I understand it. They're, they're looking at the rebuild. They're doing it their way. The Sharks are doing it their own way. 
but the Ducks were a desperate team and they played with that desperation early on and there's no denying it. You saw that in their game. You saw that in what they were trying to bring to the ice and the Sharks were not ready for it. And the only thing that kept them afloat early on was Reimer, who was a wall, made all the big stops, made all the big plays. The, I mean, the one that was scary was the puck he took off the mask. You just saw him go to the ground for a second. It was just like, woof, this is not what you need right now. I, you know, the last thing you need is Reimer to get another injury, you know, something like a concussion, but he was all right. Didn't look like it, you know, got him as high as it looked like it did initially in real time. But, you know, Reimer, just to his credit, he battled. And he made the big stops and he kept the Sharks in it when the Sharks were not, you know, they didn't have their A game going early on. And then they they settled down and then you saw Ryan Merkley setting up Mark Edward Vlasic for a huge goal that gave the Sharks a one nothing lead. And Vlasic, he's starting to shoot again. I, I don't know why he wasn't shooting earlier in the year. I don't know if maybe he felt like that just wasn't what he was being asked to do. But, you know, he turned away open looks earlier in the year and now suddenly he's shooting you know, and he's scoring, you know, Mark Edward Vlasic, it's not like he's going to be a 40 goal scorer or anything like that, but you know, he's capable of more goals than what he's put in the back of net as of late. And then suddenly, you know, he's starting to shoot again and shocker, he's starting to score. And, you know, by saying that I'm not surprised because Mark Edward Vlasic has to be that type of guy. He's got to be able to take those shots because he's capable of doing it. You know, I, I know there's been a lot of talk about the drop off in his game and in his career, but to me, there is no reason why Mark Edward Vlasic can't still be a an offensive contributor while still being a shutdown defenseman. He's not getting any younger, but I still feel he has a lot of game to bring to the ice, and I thought we've been getting more of it as of late, and especially on a night like that where you needed him to be uh, you know, a difference maker. I thought that with that goal alone, that was a difference maker because the game at that point could have gone in a very different direction. You've also got to just look at what everything Timo Meyer has done. My word, Timo Meyer is absolutely uh, just having the career or the type of year that we all thought his career was leading up to, and it didn't happen last year. You know, I think we were all wondering last year what on earth was going on, and you know, whatever for whatever reason, Timo was not the same Timo Meyer that the Sharks needed him to be until uh, about the last month of the season last year when he started to wake up and started to use his game, use his power, use his strength, use his speed. And that's been there from day one this year. And we go back to the start of the year when they talked about the fact that there was a quote-unquote come-to-Jesus meeting with Timo at the end of the year where they told him what they needed from him, how they needed him to be ready to come into camp. The message was taken to heart clearly. And Timo Meyer this year has been one of the best players in the NHL. He has 65 points, 30 goals, and 35 assists. And remember, he has missed some games due to COVID. So just to watch him do what he's done this year, I, you know, I, I'm extremely happy for him, A. And you look at him asserting himself as one of those foundational pieces of what the Sharks are going to be going forward. Tomas Hurdle, the only inconsistencies he had were due to the injuries, in my opinion. And when he was not injured, Tomas Hurdle has been a very, very consistent player. You know, that was the difference with Timo is that you just didn't know because you'd never seen him have a down moment like that before. And, you know, obviously he worked before with different players and Jumbo had been feeding him pucks before in his best year in 2018-2019. The 2019-2020 season is shortened. 2021, he doesn't have a great year. It's again shortened, but it's not cut off early. But, you know, you didn't know exactly what he was going to bring this year. And then, you know, from just, he's got eight goals in two games this year. You know, that's that's the kind of thing of when he gets hot. I mean, when he scored that first goal, all of a sudden you could see he was feeling it just the same way he was in that five-goal game against L.A. 
You know, he had that he had that eye of the tiger thing going on in it. And I always make cheap comparisons to other sports. And uh, it reminds me of Clay Thompson when Clay Thompson gets hot. Just all of a sudden, he goes into this unconscious or subconscious part of his mind where things are just clicking and it's happening and the scoring just comes because it's not, it's not that it's even at will. It's just like it's happening. And Timo Meyer on that last goal, my word. I mean, A, great pass from Timo Meyer, but for him to go you know, through his legs and set himself up, I mean, it was just like, what the hell was that? Really fun to see. Really, really fun to see. That's the most important thing, A. And B, you just... You understand how important it is in the moment because, you know, I go back to the third and fourth goals. The Sharks, it's 2-1, and Anaheim's trying to get themselves back into the game, and Meyer elevates his game and puts the Sharks even more in control of the game. I mean, that's exactly what your star players are supposed to do. Your star players are supposed to have star moments, and then the idea is that in addition to these star players, you get contributions across the board, and you sure as hell did last night. Barabanov, another two assists from him. Ryan Merkley setting up guys. Tomas Hurdle setting up guys. James Reimer doing what he needed to do. I mean, Mark Edward Vlasic scoring goals. I mean, this was one of those nights where you saw a little bit of the vision going forward for the San Jose Sharks. Because keep in mind, you know, you don't have Neats out there. You don't have Couture out there. You're relying on Lane Peterson and Gadjevich and Ryan Merkley and Shemilevsky and, you know, John Leonard. And you go down the list, you're looking at all these guys that are starkly in contrast to what you had at the start of the year. You know, you don't have Cogs out there anymore. You know, Neitz is out with an injury. I mean, you just go down the list. Middleton's been traded. You go down the list and you look at who's out there on the ice versus who was supposed to be there, you know, according to the plan. You haven't had Kevin LeBanc for months. This was not the plan, but the Sharks are making the most of it, and you feel like it's finally starting to turn turn into something. You might miss the playoffs this year. It definitely is trending that way, even though the Sharks have been winning games as of late. But even though they aren't mathematically eliminated, you still have to look at the reality of where they are and what they've been up to this point. You know, the Sharks, they've taken a lot of injuries. They were the kind of the COVID test subject early on. Uh, you know, they had to deal with everything that every other team in the NHL had to deal with. But right now... You feel like things are trending in the right direction, even if they're going to probably fall a little short of the playoffs. And while that's disappointing, you start to feel a little bit better about the future. Let's talk about Ryan Merkley. I mean, I'm going to take you back to the um, prospects game in the fall, and we did really not see much out of Ryan Merkley. And everybody that watched the broadcast was kind of like, eh, this was the top pick out of 2018. And there was, there was a lot of negativity. And, you know, Ryan Merkley, he didn't pay attention to any of that. He was very open about the fact that there was too much Grubhub and things like that the year before and that he needed to get in better shape. And he talked about, you know, how he spent the offseason getting back into better shape and was working with guys. And, you know, that those are the kind of things that I love to see. And, you know, Ryan Merkley, and we'll get into his postgame sound a little bit, you know, he's finally starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. Earlier this year when I interviewed him, he was – he was pretty nervous after he made his debut and scored his first goal, still just, you know, riding those nerves. And it was a little bit overwhelming for him. But he talked about it after the game, about how watching film and learning how much more time and space he has and not needing to panic and being able to take advantage of situations. To me, that's exactly what you need to have happen. You need to have a younger guy understand more of the game and understand how much time they have and understand that they have the ability to be patient. You know, I've talked to uh, younger guys in other sports about this, and they say that's the that's the biggest jump from one level to the next. I was talking to a member of the San Jose Earthquakes about this the other day, and it was I found it very fascinating that they made the exact same point 
that Ryan Merkley did. And was that is, you know, I've gone over this video and I realize that there is that much more time for me to make a play, a little bit more time for me to be patient and set myself up and put myself in a better situation to have success. And I, you know, I heard Ryan Merkley echo those exact same sentiments and it's guys who are young in their career, making their transition from one level to the next. And you see what can happen. I, I just, I love to see things like that because it gives you hope, right? You say like, okay, he's learning the game. There is an active process of learning going on. And then you see Lane Peterson come back and have a much better performance last night. You know, Lane Peterson, you know, he had his opportunity earlier in the year, was not playing maybe to the level he thought he was capable of or the coaches thought he was capable of. And so he was not part of the plan for a while. Now he's back and he's taking advantage of the situation. You know, Bob Bugner has been painting this as opportunity for the young guys, not not just a be happy to be here type role. It's like, okay, we're giving you this opportunity. What do you want to be? I'm sure in Bob Bugner's mind, he knows exactly where these kids are because Bob Bugner had to do the dance in the AHL for a while before he really broke through and had his lengthy career. But it's the dream of all these kids to be NHL studs. You know, they don't they don't dream of just making it to one level and stopping there. They want to get better and they want to be impact players out there on the ice. And you felt across the board last night that you had guys making an impact. You had the con, you know, you had the contributions from your star players. You had the contributions from your depth players. You had your contributions from guys who are making the most of an opportunity right now. And lo and behold, when all is said and done, it leads to win. And I'm not saying that you have to be ultimately just, oh, this is the be-all, end-all. They, be they beat the Ducks. And I'm not trying to beat up on the Ducks because I understand where they are as a franchise and it's not that different than where the Sharks are right now. But, you know, you're building yourself back up. And the Ducks are not the best team in the NHL, but the Sharks still did what they needed to do to get a win and the Sharks are not trying to play that route of going to an overall tear down and rebuild. They're just trying to reset. And I think that when you have nights like last night, you do see a little bit more of that quote unquote reset happening as opposed to the rebuild. And it, you know, there's so much competition in the Bay area. There is so much asking for your entertainment dollar. The Sharks don't want to play that game. They don't want to be a, an afterthought. They don't want, you know, every other place in the Bay area to be the happening place except for SAP center. They want to make sure that they have a very, very compelling product and give fans that are hardcore and people beyond a reason to spend their money at the Sharks. I mean, one of the most incredible things to me this year in terms of watching the building not be packed the way that it used to be is just seeing that the Sharks are not the uh, the hot ticket that they were previously. And, you know, obviously a huge part of that has been COVID. I don't, I don't try to deny that in the slightest, but also part of that has been that you know, it's been the Warriors' time over the last couple of years, and the Giants have been back hot. And, you know, it's certainly not the A's' time right now because they're in the midst of a rebuild, and the 49ers have had a run as of late. But, you know, when social media first came onto the scene, everybody was posting about how they were at the tank. And then, you know, there was a little bit of a downturn in attendance after the 2014 season when the Sharks lost in overtime to the Kings. But then, you know, after they missed the playoffs in 2014-2015, they're back at it in 15-16. They make a run to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then they're in the playoffs the next few years, and they've got a deep run in 2019, and everything is still humming along. And then, you know, you have a down performance in 2019-2020. Obviously, there were injuries. Obviously, the season was cut short. There was a change in head coach. But, to, you know, you still felt like the Sharks were going to snap it back. And then this year, after all the COVID issues, and you've got the building back at full capacity, you know, you just don't see those those stands full the same way because it's it's such a, to me, it's just such a contrast to what it was for so long. SAP Center was always this just jumping, happening place with just, you know, every seat filled, 
every night it was a battle, whether you were playing the Kings or the Ducks or Vancouver or Detroit or whoever was in town, Nashville, St. Louis. It was like, oh, these are every game felt big. And that's been a little bit, you know, not part of the narrative because the Sharks haven't been in the fray. They have been a team that's been trying to build themselves back up again. And I think that, you know, as we get away from COVID and as the Sharks do turn themselves more into a contender once again going forward, that we are going to see that building bumping again. But it's, you know, it's a stark contrast to what was there for so long. And it's not that you uh, you take uh, take it for granted. It's just that y- you have a hard time watching the Sharks not being one of those upper echelon teams in the NHL. And it's like I've said before, you know, you go a couple Fridays ago and the Avs are in town, you know, a couple years ago, that's one of the biggest games of the week in the NHL. And now it's it's not. And you want the Sharks to get back to that place once again. And you, you feel it a little bit when you see these young guys really start to perform. When you watch Merkley have a night like he did last night where he's setting guys up to score, where he's seeing the game more cleanly. You know, you know what Timo can do. You know what Hurdle can do. You know what a Logan Couture can do. You know exactly what Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, you know what they bring to the ice, game in, game out. And now what you see that from a Ryan Merkley, that you see that from other guys who are building their games and getting better and better over time, we are actively seeing the growth. You start thinking about the future and you start thinking about the moves that can be made and you start thinking about who you can bring onto the ice that can help you in the near future. And you know, we, as we talk about the offseason, and I hate to do that because I still love watching the Sharks right now, you have to start thinking about what they're going to do to make themselves a better team. And obviously you go no further than offense. And what are you going to be looking at from other teams? And who do you think can fit in? And how is that player going to work with some of the young players who are going to be a continuing part of what the Sharks are doing going forward? Because it's not just getting a guy who can come in and score. You know, the Sharks have made it very clear about the type of culture they want inside their dressing room. They do not want selfish players. They do not want guys that, you know, are not, great chemistry guys. They want guys who fit in. You look at the personalities that are on the Sharks. I mean, you look at Eric Carlson. I know that he's a superstar, but you know he's very self-deprecating. He's very much the type of guy who does not beat around the bush, and he's always having fun with his teammates. Look at Tomas Hurdle. Look at Timo Meyer. Look at Logan Couture. Look at Brent Burns. These are guys that all like to have fun. They're good chemistry guys. They're good gel guys. They're locker room guys. So it's not just as easy as saying, oh, well, there's a free agent and he had such and such amount of goals last year and bring him in here. You also have to start thinking about how does he fit in the mix of what is going on with the San Jose Sharks right now? Is he going to be a positive in the dressing room? Is he going to be a positive in terms of the mentality? Does he understand what Bob Bugner is asking for? Does he understand what there is going to be in terms of the timeline with the, with the Sharks right now? And we've heard about it time and time again about how much guys like to play in San Jose and you've got to use that as a selling point. You've got to tell guys, yeah, we might not be a Stanley Cup contender this year, but we're about, you know, a couple years away and you can be part of getting us back there and maybe doing it ahead of schedule. And you point to the electric players like Timo Meyer and Tomas Schertel and Eric Carlson and Brent Burns and Logan Couture. And you point to the established be- veterans like a Mark Edward Vlasic. And you point to the up-and-comers like a Ryan Merkley. And that's going to be a huge part of what the Sharks are trying to do this offseason. Because it's not that the team is is that close to winning the Stanley Cup. I'm not trying to make that argument. But they're also not that far off from being a team that is at least in the playoffs. And I am not just a believer of just get in and anything can happen. I think that, you know, the Sharks have proven it. You know, that you have to be a very, very good team. You have to have a level of expectation. You have to have a level of professionalism. You have to have a level of what you expect from your guys out there on the ice. 
an organizational perspective of what you're going to be. It's not just about getting in. And the Sharks can also prove it that, yeah, they got in time and time again, and they still didn't win a Stanley Cup. But there is the understanding, you know, Logan Couture, Brett Burns, Eric Carlson, Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, these guys all understand what it takes to have a deep run. They all understand the type of chemistry it requires, the fact that the guys have to get along, how good the NHL is. This is not a shocker to any of them, but it's going to be part of the selling point that they use. You know, they're going to be telling guys to look to an Eric Carlson, to look to a Brent Burns, to look to a Timo Meyer of why they should come to San Jose and why they should be that additional piece and or pieces to help the Sharks get back into the playoffs and continue to build this roster and grow your youth players to be a contending team once again. It's going to be a very, very interesting offseason. No doubt about it. But for the time being, the Sharks are winning once again with five wins in their last nine games. And you're looking at consistent growth from the younger players. That's a good place to be. If you're not going to be in the playoffs, be at a point where you can continue to build for a tangible future. All right, we are going to get into some of the post-game reaction on the other side. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open a nice cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Reedy, he gets the rebound off the end boards. Reedy back to Merkley on the point. He's got a man on him. He stick handles away, gets by Comtron, moves into the circle. He stick handles and throws toward the net. It's blocked. Merkley's in deep in the corner. Great pass to Vlasic in the slot. Vlasic scores! A glimpse into the future for Ryan Merkley. Some brilliant stick handling under tremendous pressure. His first pass got blocked. It bounced off Shattenkirk right back to him. He threw it to the slot. A beautiful pass. And Vlasic, through traffic, slaps it home. The Sharks are up 1-0. Yeah, Merck's Merck's played great tonight. Um, And um, not just because of his offense, but he actually uh, um, was good, solid defensively as well. And uh, and that's what we need. Yeah, he he, uh, um, made a couple high-end plays, especially on that goal. But, uh, you know, towards the middle and the end of the game, you saw a few more. Uh, um, very highly skilled plays, and uh, and that's what he does. He doesn't he doesn't shoot a lot from the point, um, but he sucks guys in, and, and he's pretty deceptive. And um, he ends up trying to, you know, come down on his forehand side and and, and look for uh, uh, that tape to tape in the slot. So he's he's that's his skill. Merkley to Vlasic on the goal, and Bob Bugner bringing us back in here on Morning Tide on a Sunday morning. The Sharks with a nice 4-1 win over the Ducks. Timo Meyer with the hat trick. James Reimer standing on his head in the first period. When all is said and done, the Sharks get a high-quality victory, and they've got a tough assignment ahead of them as they go out on the road for two against Arizona and Colorado. But you know, I love seeing, and I've talked about this already this morning, but the idea that we're seeing the veterans come through, the stars come through, and the young guys come through. And Bob Bugner was asked after the game if this was proof of, you know, what he's trying to implement that it's working. I'd, I'd like to think so. I think that, you know, I think uh, those guys showed very well. Now, you know, it's sometimes it's going to be a lot tougher as we see in Calgary and Edmonton and, you know, going into Colorado on Friday. I mean, those are tough buildings with uh, uh, teams that are, uh, you know, gearing up for long uh, um, Stanley Cup runs. So, um you know, there's a little more room out there tonight, and you just want to see them now 
bring that same effort and then hopefully they gain confidence from that. Um, take that confidence and bring it into the next game and just slowly keep getting better and improving every day. And that's, uh, and they all needed a game like that tonight. I thought that, uh, um, you know, we rolled lines. They all played quite a bit. Um, you saw that uh, we used Leonard and Gregor and guys like that and Chemer on a penalty kill, um, our special teams. Um, you know, got got uh, you know one, I, a big part of the reason why we won the game, special teams. So, um, and those guys all contributed in their own way. Yeah, most definitely, it all added up to a very high caliber victory. And of course, there was just you know Timo getting that look in his eye and being absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, you know that line. You could just tell it's even every 50-50 puck. It just uh, um, you know they had a little puck luck tonight, but they also worked hard and got pucks back. Um, Timo is skating well, and uh, um, you know when when he's shooting the puck like he is, and, and uh, you know even a couple plays that he made on the power play we haven't we didn't score on, um, you know earlier in the game, just uh, some high end things, and uh, it's nice to see him get rewarded. He's had a great season, and uh, he's not stopping. No, he is not stopping, and we would like to keep it that way. This is what Timo had to say after the game and having a night like that. Yeah, I mean, as you, you know, uh, go through more games and, you know, the longer you, you play in the NHL, obviously the more you mature and, and you know, but uh, I think, you know, this year, uh, you know, getting some chances and, you know, you get out there for the power play again and, and you know, have the chance to, you know, get some shots in, in, in dangerous positions and that's, you know, obviously feels good and, and yeah, Guys making good plays like like Hurl tonight or Barbie making good plays makes it uh, easier. And then it's just uh, yeah, if you're not scoring, just stick with it and uh, don't don't get too frustrated. I mean, sometimes it's tough. I'm a, you know, I'm an emotional guy, but uh, you know, just try to stay positive and, and you know, don't waste that energy. He was also talking there about whether or not he had been gripping as of late and having gone through some troubles, especially five on five. This is what Bob Bugner also talked about in terms of Timo gripping a little. Well, I thought that uh, um, he went he went a little dry there on five on five goals for a while, and um, you know he was on. Uh, we switched lines up a little bit and put him and Tommy back together. And I think since that's happened, um, you know that's that's been good for Timo. I think they sort of feed off each other. Um, you know, you have Barbie, uh, who's a playmaker on the other side that uh, um, gets pucks to those guys in speed. So I think all three of those guys complement each other. There's a lot of chemistry there, and I think that's sort of has been a little bit of the turnaround. Now over to Ryan Merkley, who we said had been looking at some film heading into last night's game. This is what he had to say about it. I don't know. I felt like my confidence was there. I felt good Good today. My legs were good. I was patient. I watched some video with my godfather there, uh, Jimmy McGordy, so I helped a lot on all my puck touches and my blue line work so it gave me some more patience and time and realizing that I had an extra three four feet of space and time to relax calm down and make a play like the thing is with Merkley there is he's just uh, bursting with energy uh, he talked a little bit more about the film mode what he specifically saw well like when I was watching video earlier today I mean we were watching my habits and normally I'm just getting the puck at the top there and shooting it back down but I know I had a few like I had space to walk to the middle so I just tried to walk to the middle like I Turned his stick and lunge, so I knew I could cut back, find some space, and beat him back down the wall, coming downhill. And then I just waited for a lane. I was hoping someone would be back door. Then I kind of had to stop up, go back in the corner, and find pickles. I mean, that's just exactly the stuff that I love to hear about. You're watching an NHL player developing before our eyes. And I think that, you know, it's been a while since we've seen this type of specific situation happen because it seemed like, you know, Tomas Hurdle he was able to come into his own because there was so much excitement there and you didn't expect him to be doing too much. It was like, yeah, you had Joe Pavelski, you had 
Jumbo, you had Patty, you had, you know, Logan, you had all these other players around that were, you know, there was such a high level of play that it wasn't, you know, you weren't looking at Hurdle to carry the team. You weren't thinking about the future. It was all in the present and the and the here and now. But with this Sharks team, you are looking Ryan Merkley and a John Leonard and a Noah Gregor and a Sasha Shemilevsky. You're looking at all these guys to be part of that next generation of Sharks. And I think that's just so important to what you're trying to see. And I think that when you combine that with the message of locking up a Tomas Hurdle for eight years, you're telling these guys of what you're building towards inside that locker room, and I think that message is definitely being felt. He, he, like I said, he's he's a really good player and, and, and a big part of this organization for 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 us. Uh, so he's he's a key key piece uh, for me. You know, I'm I'm just you know trying to take it day by day. I'm I'm you know not thinking too far ahead. So you know I'm I'm just happy for him that that he gets to stay here for eight more years. And you know he's at a stage of his life where he you know with the with the baby and all that. So I'm very happy for him. Yeah, plus Timo knows that he's got a guy like Hurdle feeding him passes for uh, a few more years at the very least. And, uh, you know, it's it's a feel-good night for the Sharks. You know, you haven't had too many of those this year, even though, you know, you've gotten wins before. But not many of them have been, um, I won't say easy, but comfortable. There have not been a lot of comfortable wins. And, yes, it was suddenly 2-1, and the Sharks were looking like they were going to be challenged. But then you had Timo Meyer, you know, go off and he adds two more to the tally and all of a sudden it's a 4-1 game and the Sharks are able to not cruise to victory, but win comfortably. And that's, you know, obviously you want to have going forward. You want to have the games like last night where you are decidedly the better team. And yes, it did take Reimer having an incredible performance in the first period, but sometimes that is going to be what it's going to take. You need to have your goalie be ready and willing to step up in those situations. And also credit to the Sharks since the deadline, they have won two out of three games. You know, there there could have been a team, and you would understand it, you might not like it, but you would maybe understand it, who would see their team sell off guys and say, well, you know, we're, we're raising the white flag. Sharks aren't doing that. They're playing hard. They're keeping themselves alive, and I think it speaks to uh, a lot of what we see in that dressing room. These guys are playing very hard for one another, and I can't put enough of a value on that. You don't want a team that is only playing for themselves, playing for numbers. They asked Timo Meyer about that, if he has a goal in terms of uh, the amount of goals he wants to score, like a certain number, and he said, no, nah, I just you know, I want to win for my team. And that's exactly the type of mentality you want your best player sending. Goals don't matter, numbers don't matter, winning is all that matters when it's said and done. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.